Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Sydney Ross, your host, and I'm very excited to announce that this is the first episode of When Stars Align, a weekly podcast that touches on an array of topics while also uniting different zodiac signs. Today, we have a special guest who's going to give us an introduction to astrology, which will give us a better grasp of the topics we'll be exploring moving forward. With that said, I'd like to introduce Iska Ayala. Iska has been a student of astrology for over two decades and a practicing astrologer for more than 12 years. She's a Virgo, and it's probably important for me to mention that I am a Gemini. I know, I'll redeem myself. Don't turn this off just yet. Let's jump right into it. Iska, how did you get into astrology and what brought you to it? Well, first, I want to thank you, Sydney, for having me here today. Um, I'm totally honored to speak to your audience about astrology. Great, thank Um, you. I got into astrology, I would say, in my early 20s. But the reason why I got into it is because as a Virgo, I was always very mathematically and scientifically inclined. And so I would always remember people's birthdays, like from seven years old and on. Mm -hmm. And I noticed patterns. And so as I got older, it became more and more important to me to say, wait a minute, there's something with this. And so I got into it. And then by the time I was like in my early 30s, I actually got my training at the International Academy of Astrology. And I realized, I said, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is making sense of my life. And I was always a very spiritual and metaphysical child so there was a lot of synchronicities a lot of clairvoyance a lot of Mm. intuition that kind of like pulled everything together and i was like astrology is the language for me do you have psychic tendencies too like is that part of that i do um i used to actually be more clairvoyant when i was younger um but it's more of now a very very strong intuition and when i'm using astrology as a tool a lot of times i predict things and it's scary for some of my clients but I always tell my clients in the beginning I'm like listen I want you to understand that I'm not a psychic because I've had some clients think that that's what it is and Mm -hmm. astrology is not about being a psychic. As a professional astrologer can you give us a simple breakdown of what astrology even means? Astrology is our way of understanding the planetary cycles, energies, movements and our place on planet earth in reference to everything in the universe so just to kind of give us our cosmic address when you are looking at your natal chart that is a time date stamp of the energetic imprint that you are putting onto the universe at the time that you were born and so everything that's taken into consideration the sun moon stars jupiter mars venus mercury where they are in the night sky and where they are in terms of the zodiac signs all of that plays a role in the energy of how you are so basically we are born as the universe expressing itself so the way we understand it is astrology is a language and a framework for which we understand what is my point like what is my purpose Mm. what is my soul needing to do in this lifetime Throughout my life, I definitely didn't really believe in it up until probably a few years ago. And then my view on it completely shifted. And I just became kind of reliant upon it, I would say. And I really look to it to kind of guide me in certain ways. And 
yeah, I love astrology. So I'm very happy you're here with us today. Going on to talk about 2.22.22. That happened last week. And this might be a loaded question, but what does that mean for humanity? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's separate a couple of things. So it's kind of debatable whether or not astrology was first or numerology was first. Um, so the date when people get affixed to certain signs and certain pattern numbers, numbers, just so that you understand, are basically frequencies. Mm. So when you're talking about 2-22-2002, whatever you're reading, I use Pythagorean numerology. And that number distilled down to the number of three. And two, in terms of straight numerology, is a beautiful number. It is actually about harmony mm. and partnerships. So the difference is, though, is that you've got the year 2022, which actually distills down to number six. And for all intents and purposes, this is the year that, for me personally, as well as others in this community, we believe that this is the year where we're going to come out of the pandemic and things will settle down and hopefully we'll come to a place of more equilibrium and more peace. Interestingly enough, when you look at 2-2-2-2002, if you do the numerology, it actually does not distill down to stick six. It distills down to number three. And three is the number of creation, action, and change. Does it distill down to the number three because it's two, it's three different numbers? Yeah, you have to Got take it. the whole date into consideration. Okay. Cool. You take 2002, yeah. I don't know why they keep cutting off the number. Um, but you really have to look at it as February is number two, the day 22. And when you add it all up, it actually equals three. So three isn't, is a number for change. It is a portal. It's a, that's what we do when we talk about repeating numbers. It's a portal, but for that particular day, it was a day of change. Yeah, it definitely was. I feel like, uh, especially on Instagram and social media, a lot of people that I follow were posting it and saying they were manifesting good energy and good vibes. But I've also heard that it's kind of a shift in energy negatively as well. Yes. And that's what I mean by the number three. So when you talk about basic numerology, you've got one through nine. All of your prime numbers are usually going to be numbers of movement. All of the even numbers are going to be um, numbers of stability. And so three was the vibration of 2-22-2002. And it just so happened that in the United States needle chart, there was already energy of the Pluto return. It's just a coincidence. Pluto's return. Can you give a quick, like, short little synopsis of what that is? So in the United States chart, we use the Declaration of Independence. And, of course, that's July 4th, 1776 in Philadelphia. And so when you look at that chart, and I want you to understand, like, these are the founding fathers, you know, Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin, uh, specifically, Ben Franklin was an astrologer. And so he was looking at an auspicious time to like, okay, when are we going to sign this thing? Hmm. And it just so happens, and nobody else is really talking about this. But remember, in 1776, we had no idea yet that Pluto existed. Okay, it wasn't discovered until 1930. So when they casted that chart, at the time, they were only using all the planets up until Saturn. 
And it wasn't until later that we discovered Neptune and Uranus and then Pluto in 1930, which, interestingly enough, was the year that we discovered the atomic bomb. And that is why Pluto is the planet of destruction. So that kind of leads us into the next question I had for you. Um, Ukraine and Russia, what do you think that this, because it essentially happened like last, it started getting really, really intense and bad last week. Um, and what do you think that Pluto's return and the numerality of 22222 have to do with the timing of this war? So it's, it's hard to answer that question um, because I don't think it's necessarily related. And I'll tell you why. So I went back, um, you know, and I was speaking to my Reiki master. My Reiki master is actually Ukrainian-Russian. And she uh-huh. left a long time ago. Um, but she's also a polarity practitioner, and polarity practitioner has to do with astrology, but she's not well-versed in it. But we had a really interesting discussion. So I want to take it back to the day when things started to get crazy. So it wasn't 2-22-2002. It was the 24th of last week, okay? Mm-hmm. So when you look at when I looked at that chart, I pulled up the birth chart for Ukraine, and I pulled up the birth chart for Russia. And so Russia was December 25th, 1991, and Ukraine was August 24th, 1991. So obviously one was a Virgo country and the other is a Capricorn country. So where this Pluto return also comes into play is just kind of the relationship that the United States has with any of these countries who have strong Capricorn energies, because this is Pluto and Capricorn that we're talking about. Pluto returned to the exact same degree at 27 degrees in Capricorn. So everywhere around the world, you cast your chart, doesn't matter who you are, Mm -hmm. and you need to find where 27 degrees of Pluto is in Capricorn in your chart. Yes, and that's that's really interesting. I get the Capricorn and Pluto uh, connection because right now we are in Capricorn, right? That's, mm-hmm. and, and what yes, we are. for people that don't understand like that stuff because I kind of have a grasp can you give like a an easy uh summary of what that means what that means to be in Capricorn so for example there's 12 zodiac signs mm-hmm. and we as a modern astrologer I use 10 planets traditional astrologers will only use seven but 10 planets means that it includes Pluto right okay so all of the planets are all going to go through all 12 zodiac signs, whatever is their schedule, right? We all have different orbits. Pluto will go through the sign 248 years, 48 years around the sun, but they are in, Pluto will be in a sign anywhere from 14 to 30 years. And it just so happens. Now, if you look back at the 2008 recession, that's when Pluto just entered Capricorn. So now when we're talking about the natal chart of the United States, it took 248 years from 1776 to come back to the same exact place and degree where it was in the United States chart. That's what you call a Pluto return. Oh, see, people, this is real stuff. Like, I I just, this is what gets me so excited about astrology in general, because it just, it makes sense. And when you really break it down, it does. Is Ukraine Capricorn or uh, is Russia? Russia is a Capricorn country. Classic. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No hate to the Capricorns. We we love you guys. <laughs> Ukraine is a Virgo. Yes. In- yes. And okay. guess what Ukraine's rising sign is? Let me guess. Gemini. No. 
No, Capricorn. Oh, okay. So they're intertwined in ways, obviously. Yes, yes. because they're both earth signs. And where this is mm. just, again, loose prediction is that I really feel like Ukraine is going to come out on top because when you have a rising sign in Capricorn, there's some very strong energies that are favorable right now mm-hmm. to um, Ukraine. And part of it is because they're also a Virgo country. So when you look at the energies in their chart, they actually have stronger energies to come out on top. The issue that we're struggling with as a country and as a world is that Putin is very secretive and he is probably also mentally ill. He's doing the most right now. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think we can all call him a Libra. But we really don't know what his rising sign is, and we don't know what his moon sign is. So what I did for you, Sydney, mm-hmm. for this uh, podcast, I casted the chart for his presidency when he became president of the new Russia, May 7th of 1991. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that, um, let me just look at it real quick. So... He has a ton of energy, a ton of energy in his presidential chart. And he has what you call a stellium, which means that there's a cluster of planets in his presidential chart for Russia when he became president of Russia in Taurus. And I'm sure that you've heard that we are in Uranus and Taurus right now. That's why cryptocurrency is on the rise. That's why we're going to experience a lot of change in the financial systems throughout the world Mm -hmm. because Uranus is in Taurus right now. And so there's very strong energy seeing over this particular place in his chart, which is kind of making him very unpredictable because that's what Uranus does. We cannot predict it. It comes out of nowhere, and it's like, what's happening? Wow. Yeah, so this is all tied together in lots of ways. And his chart, well, okay, so Russia is an earth sign, and Putin is has a rising earth sign? Is that what that would be? No, it's that's why we, because birth times are so essential mm-hmm. to casting an accurate chart. That's why me as a professional astrologer, I'm not comfortable with the dates we're given because Putin does use an astrologer mm-hmm. and there are tricks in the trade where you don't want people to know your next move. You don't tell everybody your birth chart or your birth time. Okay. Yeah. And now, now that people know Putin uses an astrologer, maybe they won't want to be relying upon astrology. Oh God. But that leads to this. A lot of people do look to astrology for guidance like you and I, um, but others outright mock it, as I'm sure you're also aware. What would you say to the non-believers listening in today? So it's funny because I'm just surrounded by a lot of believers now. And I used to have this whole like pitch, like, (laughs) hey, these are the reasons why you should believe in astrology. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to keep it simple for today. And I would just say for the non-believers, what I would do is just start with an open mind and cast your birth chart or just have someone send you your birth chart. And if you have a couple of bucks here and there, or if you have time, listen to a podcast and really understand the power of just your own astrological chart. And then what you can do is you can start to look at major events in your life and then you can compare that to the astrology at that time. And then you'll start to see some really scary coincidences. Uh Um, My biggest tip for people that and I find it's I find it mostly still to be men that are you know skeptics yeah um but I say to them I said 
most most men are into history and most men are into facts, right? Mm-hmm. So what I say is, you know, pick your favorite historical event, look at the chart for that, and then go back in time. And there is a reason why history repeats itself. So just to tie a little bow on it, Sydney, the reason why we are experiencing these things from like 248 years ago is because if you actually look at history leading up to the Declaration of Independence, we were trying to emancipate ourselves from Britain. So there was seven years of the Revolutionary War that was happening right around 20 degrees of Pluto in Capricorn, and then it led up to zero degrees of Pluto and Aquarius. And that is what's happening right now. We are headed into the age of Aquarius. And then if you look back in time and you look at what happened in the United States when Pluto was just entering Aquarius, you will see nothing but war, which is Pluto is Aquarius rules freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's when when you had everybody fighting for the freedom of slaves. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it all ties together in my eyes. I think a lot of it might go over some people's heads, but just because the language is so different from what we're used to when we speak about like other, just anything really. So I'm really hoping that this podcast and speakers and guests like you can kind of help people open their mind and eyes to what astrology really is and like the essence of it and why it, it can be so helpful. Okay. So for my own selfishness, Who would be my perfect love match? I am a Gemini sun, Taurus moon, and Cancer rising. Okay, first I'll say that that's not 100% enough information for me, so (laughs) I would have to cast your birth chart. Give me a boyfriend. I'm kidding. (laughs) Right? But based on your quote-unquote big three, um, I thought about this, and I was like, "Mm -hmm." okay, I'm going to go for a Libra sun, and I'm going to go for a Capricorn or Virgo moon. Oh, God. Based on your rising sign being cancer, that's going to be the wild card. Mm -hmm. Because I look for long-term compatibility. And here's a little tidbit for you. You grow out of the essence of your rising sign around the age of 33. So when I do any Mm -hmm. readings for anybody that's over age of 33, 70% of the time I notice that my clients are no longer operating in that frequency. They're no longer operating in the rising sign. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like a lot of people, especially a lot of my girlfriends, they would love to hear that because everyone's everyone my age and like in their 20s and whatever, they think that the rising sign is really what you're all about. Maybe for the first 30 years of your life, yes. Huh, okay. What is the difference between one sun, moon, and rising signs? I love this question. It's my favorite. It's my <laughs> intro when I have first-time clients. Great. So my personal philosophy, being a Western shamanic free will evolutionary astrologer, that's like my thing. I have to say all those things. I wrap all those things. I'm not a traditional astrologer, but I'm of the belief that these three signs, so where was the sun when you were born that gives you your sun sign? This is your core. This is your character, your essence, your life, pure, life um, your spirit, mm-hmm. uh, your highest self. That is your sun. Okay. Okay. So that's different. Now, when I talk about the rising sign, this is the sign where the eastern, the sun on the eastern horizon was rising and at what time you were born. And this is your personality. This is your ego and this is your physical body and the mask that you wear. It is a reflex that you have when you're born. 
your rising sign is absolutely essential for mm -hmm. casting your whole chart because it tells me where all the houses are going to be. Because if I don't have your birth time, I don't have your rising sign and it's hard for me to interpret your chart. But your rising sign is essential for your soul's growth because that's what we are. We're all souls being reincarnated and it's important for the soul's growth to understand what lessons, what training do I need to have? And that's what the rising sign is important. But once you learn those lessons for the, in the first 30 years of your life, like I need to learn this, I need to learn that. So you as a cancer rising, you are learning like, oh, how maternal, I'm nurturing, I'm caring. I'm emotional um, as hell. Yeah, yep. <laughs> those are your initial lessons. Yeah. But around the age of 30, 33, which is when your progressed moon changes, you realize that you are becoming more empowered and you're becoming more sun sign related. Oh, I can't wait for that moment. I, cause I, yeah, your girl gets very emotional about certain things, especially when it comes to love. And I think cancers are known to be really intense, passionate, loving lovers, but they can let it overtake them sometimes. Yes. And you over-personalize things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then the last part, uh, to answer your question about the moon sign, so mm -hmm. the moon sign is our emotional world, our feelings, our senses, how we nurture, it is what houses our soul, and it's also a container for our memories. So the thing is, is that I practice astrology, understanding that all three of these things are always activating within us all the time, and not to put so much emphasis on the sun, or the rising, or the moon. Last thing I want to ask you before we wrap up today, um, after looking at your website, it seems that you talk a bit about manifestations. In closing out today's episode, can you tell our listeners how they can use astrology to achieve their life goals? Like I said earlier with the sun sign, the sun sign is related to your life purpose. And when we're looking at your chart, remember that there are 12 pieces of pie or 12 houses or 12 areas of your life. So wherever the sun is, it is going to show me and show you where you're supposed to really find your passion or where is your source of creativity. And then when we look at various planets like Saturn, Mars, Jupiter, the moon, all of these things play a different role in giving you gifts of how you can manifest by using those planetary energies, depending on where it is and what area of life it's activating. So you could be like in a hamster wheel, like, oh, I want to be a nurse. But then if I'm looking at your chart and you don't have any energy that's related to healing, mm -hmm. my hope after a reading with me is I'm redirecting you and getting you focused and rooted in your own astrology and then hopefully get you attuned to the energy of the cosmos so that you can understand like, oh, that's why I'm like swimming upstream in this area because I'm not really aligned with my true life purpose. So hopefully that helps people manifest what it is that you're supposed to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to sidebar with you after this and set up a, an actual reading. Sometimes I feel a little lost with that kind of stuff, but again, astrology is very helpful. Um, but thank you, Iska. I really appreciate you coming on today and speaking with all of us about just the general basics of astrology, Ukraine and Russia. But thank you, and I would love to have you back someday soon. Thank you so much, Sydney. Before we close out today, I wanted to take a second longer to talk about the conflict happening between Russia and Ukraine. Obviously, it's impossible to talk about this in hours, minutes, especially even seconds, but this is an incredibly scary time, and no human deserves to go through this type of trauma. 
I want to send a lot of love and light to Ukrainians and to anti-war Russians right now. It's also really important to note that many Black Ukrainians are being denied access to safety and entry across certain borders. This is a huge racial problem that needs to be highlighted. With that being said, it is a new moon today, and each of us should move forward setting new intentions for ourselves in recognizing the importance of not just empathy, but also inclusivity. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I cannot wait for the next episode. Bye, guys.